Monday Marinade with Marinade, a recipe for your mind. Soak it up. <laughs> but I am genuinely in awe of you. I mean, that is, well, I'm in awe of you. I actually want to start with uh, something we talked about in our last conversation, which is, you know, that words matter. And you were telling me about Lacanian analysis and, and uh, you know, so before we, we got on a chat here, I, 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 I typed in, you know, etymology of awe and I fell on the floor because it's once again, one of these words where like care, where I'm like, why? I, I don't know why it bothers me, but you want to know what the root word of what yes, the etymology I of do. awe is? It comes from Old Norse, which is, I don't know how you'd say it, Aji or Augie, but it okay. means terror or dread. <laughs> and apparently it's linked to the Greek word of akos, akos, which is an ache, which means pain. So when you're in awe of something or in wonderment or in reverence, it's actually the word, the meaning, the root is pain or terror. And I want to start by talking about that for a second, because I am, I don't know why that bothers me so much. It's like the care word, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it feels like it's a duality of what it's meant to, meant to mean, right? It is. Know. This is so interesting. <laughs> right? I, I, yeah, it so, is. It's like we're using words. We don't even know what we really are saying. We don't. And I wonder if that's part and parcel of, with the that's issue. That's problem. But, that's the problem. I, I know, we right? It. It's like everything's lost. It's it's meaning like we throw things around and then they're, they're used without, without deeper understanding. But I mean, and listen, things evolve, words evolve. Right. I mean, some of the words, the way we communicate, like we were talking about the other day, it's like, you know, it's just part of culture and the modern way of expressing oneself. So there could be that going on too. But um, so the reason, I mean, we're talking about this because I read a really cool article. I skimmed an article the other day about, um, you know, uh, how that there's now some scientific evidence that that supports this notion that awe is a real thing that can be measured. Like they did an analysis with a large sample size and um, they looked at how 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 people react to rainbows in landscapes versus, you know, uh, a bright blue sky versus something that has something that would, um, you know, trigger awe. Or like we had talked about recently, like when you're standing at the top of a mountain or by the side of an ocean and how it allows you to, you know, you feel this sense of almost smallness. And I wonder if that's where the root of the fear is, where it's like, in that moment of insignificance, is it, you know, that, you know I, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with it a little bit. So this is sort of, um, this is what I think. Um, but I, this is where I place it. Um, so right for a moment, right? So I love in it. Kant's Geek it third out. critique, the critique of judgment, mm-hmm. There is, mm-hmm. He talks about aesthetic, aesthetic, aesthetic judgment, aesthetic experience, and okay. um, he talks about the sublime, which okay. is um, 
talking about. It's the experience of like when you're experiencing something that is so overwhelming. Um, it's like the, the beauty of a sunset. The beauty of the, the peak of a mountain. Right. Um, it's this overwhelming, right. it's like beyond beautiful. It's, it's sublime. Right. Um, and there's like a, it's, right. it's, it's not just about pleasure and pain because it's, there's pleasure. In, um, and I think there's all kinds of things you talk about with BDSM, we don't have to go there. But um, mm -hmm. I think that it's a ability to contain certain experiences. And it's like, I think when you're at the edge of that, like as you're expanding your nervous system to, to contain certain, it's uncomfortable. It's terrifying. Um, maybe you feel the limits of your own body. Um, or it's like the, the, the feeling of like, um, like dissolution or, or, or merging or, or greater that, you know, the e we talked about the ego the other, like uh -huh. this morning. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, in the face of something like a mountain or a beautiful sunset, like where's the ego? Like the ego is insignificant. It's sort of scary. Um, right. So I can, I, but then I can why do we crave it? it? Why do we crave it? Right. Cause in this article, actually they, they refer to sunrises and sunsets being perceived as the, uh, the most desired, uh, because, and, and there's an element of, a, because it's ephemeral as well. So I think, um, uh, awe inspiring events that are ephemeral have even more impact. Like a, they refer to a rainbow or sunsets and, and sunsets, but, but, um, wh why, why is it also so desirable if it's triggering this discomfort, right? That's the, it seems what? at odds with what we would want to do to be comfortable because and we're always trying to, you know, we talk about pursuing pleasure, but really we're really avoiding, we live to avoid pain. Right. So, yeah. so what would be your take on that? So I think because there's this greater, like we have this greater sense, like, even though it's uncomfortable or terrifying, right? Like we're not our egos, we're not our body or there, our bodies can be bigger than our bodies. But I think that that's, also like where like where the greatest fulfillment also lies like there's like there's like in that in that oneness and you know like we are the rainbow like we are the we are the mountain like mm -hmm. there like I feel like there's a yearning for that greater experience if we can it's almost like weight training for our nervous systems as if we can as we you know we we, we love we love the rainbow um, and like, maybe then we can love the, the summit of the mountain or that love, you know, love, I mean, love is love pleasurable or painful. Like, I feel like it's about love. Um, well, well, like, you know, actually uh, there's another word like that, uh, passion, right? <laughs> Which mm, yes. Uh, right. I mean, it's so yeah, like the passion of the what, price. Right. And when you look at the. Uh, with the etymology and the origin of passion, it comes from paso or pasio, which is Latin, pati, which is suffering, <laughs> right? 
So it's it's almost like, you know, in yoga, they, they, they always say, don't forget the other side. Or it's like, if you stretch your arm up, you got to like pull the left leg back. So you're always in balance. And I wonder if there's an element of equanimity and balance to all of this, where it's like, you need to have that edge, that, that, that suffering, that pain, that uh, fear to be able to, I don't know, is it like realizing your mortality that then is a gateway to invite you to experience something bigger? Yeah, you know, I think, I mean, like, I feel like we exist in life always, like we exist in certain like phases, like, you know, like, like I think a lot about phase transition, like water, you know, is a solid or a liquid or a gas. Right, right. And it's like, we also exist at different phases. And like, maybe like, you know, I think maybe phase transition is terrifying or uncomfortable or suffering. And it's not like, um, but we want to, but, but we want to do it because we want to experience all the different phases. So like mm-hmm. the, you know, picking up the kids from school is one phase, but then, you know, enjoying um, like some awesome experiences, another phase. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe it's the, we, you know, part of, part of what we want is to have that variety. It's, uh, it's, maybe yeah i mean that makes that makes sense you know you're making me think about something which uh it's a bit of a non sequitur but it's around um taking time to transition and you're talking about these phases and um you know and one of our other conversations we were talking about the slack and the rubber band being pulled too tight and um you know if we if you don't give yourself time to transition um you you stay stuck right and there's pain in that like here's a very uh simple daily example right you're you go to the office you work you come home you you keep your work with you and then you start you know you something happened earlier in the day and you're you're still there and you're not in the present it's preventing you from being in the new present moment because you haven't given yourself time to transition right so there's this there's this belief that if you even just sit in your car or whatever for three minutes and breathe right and then you're going to release that you're going to transition you're going to move into the next space with a new dynamic with a new set of energy with a new set of intentions and therefore transition is that similar to what you're talking about or are we talking about something are we talking about two different things yeah here? i mean i think i think that that is totally a transition as well um you know the the your the, the way that you experience like your like work or you know one, one environment mm-hmm. is different from the way that you exist in another um right and you know i guess the other question is like how you know how do you experience the transition and i mean is it is it is it suffering? Is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, do you, do you think it's a choice though? Do you think it's a choice? Like, do you think you can choose? Is it is it something conscious, or, or do you think coming back to this awe, the space of awe, or or any any kind of transitional or big experience like this is is it a choice? Can you choose? Is it or is it so big that it's beyond you? So, yeah. 
I mean, okay, so I think that you can be like so disconnected and uh, um, dissociated perhaps that maybe you mm -hmm. don't see it, you don't experience it. But I think like mm -hmm. sometimes events come along that are so big, mm -hmm. you can't, they'll, they, you, they'll get you no matter what. But you know, these, right. it's all about like sense perception and, I, and, and, and sensitivity. And I think it is possible to sort of um, not experience, you know, if, if I think it's, I think, you know, you know, that's what different people, you know, different people have different sensitivities. Some, someone's moved by music, someone's moved by art, you know, someone's right. moved by a rainbow. And, you know, I just think that's part of the variety. And like, um, do you think, do you think we seek it out? Do you think we, we, um, I mean, there's, I'm not talking about thrill seekers. I'm not talking about people who, you know, chew, you know, have a bucket list of things like bungee jumping, flying out of airplanes. I'm not talking about that. Right. But I'm talking about like, um, any time, I mean, we live on the water, right? So, so anytime, and we, we get rainbows all the time, which is fabulous. And one of the most amazing things about seeing a rainbow over the ocean is that it's actually, uh, it's a full circle, right? <clears throat> because when you, when you're seeing it from a different angle, you don't get the full, the full expression of it. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, whatever my husband or one of my kids say, oh my gosh, mommy, there's a rainbow. I'm like a seven-year-old child running to the window to go see the rainbow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's literally the, it's, it's, I'm going to drop everything to go see it. Like, do you ever get desensitized from that? And, or do you think you go out to seek? Of course, I know people who will set their alarms, wake up early, sit and watch the sunrise, right? That's part of their ritual. That's something they seek out, but do you think we wait for these awe-inspiring things to happen to us and then not, not, not process them? Or do you think there's an opportunity or do you think there's people that go out and look for it and go seek it out? Oh, wow. That's interesting. Um, I think there are people that go out and seek uh, these sort of like awe-inspiring moments. But I think there is something that seeking, like I don't even know if you can, I don't even know if it would work. You can seek for that. I don't like, know. That's part right. of it. You know, if it has to be this sort of like spontaneous event. But I definitely I mean, do. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people are doing with like all these ayahuasca journeys and things like that. It's like chasing after these kind of maybe peak experiences or awe-inspiring yes. experiences. Yes. Um, and I also think it's interesting. I know this is also like maybe now, like I was listening to this book on trauma, uh, uh, Peter Levine, I think. Uh, he has experiencing yes. and it's yes. like you know you can maybe um be turned off to certain uh inspiring experiences you know through trauma right to want to avoid that it's too I much like, it's too yeah, much it's like to too feel much. you can't yeah yeah so i think you mm -hmm. know in the opposite um and then you can definitely want to go out and crave that experience more but it's like i don't know if that's something you can reproduce like that and you know right you know, that's What's the his book. That's it's like, Waking the Tiger. That's what it wake, is. That's, is that the one you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then yeah. there's other thing from like a, is has mm -hmm. infinite precious value. Every moment is awe inspiring, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the moment. I would agree completely with that. I would agree, and I think it's one of the most undervalued uh, elements of life. I really do. 
what you like, meaning that every moment is new. Every moment is renewable every moment. And, you know, sometimes my kids will say, okay, I'm having a bad day. We're going to, you know, at the end, especially when they're tired at the end of the day, I'm having a bad day. Tomorrow's a new day. And listen, it's hard with kids, especially when they're tired and they've hit their wall, but it's just a reminder that no, you don't have to wait till tomorrow to turn the page to, to start. You can start now, 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 every moment is renewable, right? Yeah. And that's like also terrifying, right? It's like, I have to start over. I have to start yeah, over. Yeah, like it's like this. Yeah, it's not even. It's just like, oh my god, it's fleeting, and and um and also I gotta get let go of all my preconceptions. I, you know, all of the like, you know, do I, you know, if I want that all, if I want every moment to be all inspiring, like it's definitely that. That's horrible. That's like I gotta get rid of that. Um. Anyway, I know. I, I agree. I I you know. We were talking earlier about, um, you were mentioning about environment, hu- human, I'm not, I wasn't familiar with the concept. Oh yes, human, the woo uh, science of human design. Yes, human design, human design. Um, and I just thought that was so fascinating what you were talking about, because it, it came up because I was talking about how, um, you know, I've, I've moved around a lot and I've lived inland and I've lived on water, on a coast or along an ocean, you know, an ocean or a river. Um, and as my life has, you know, and my husband feels the same way as well. It's like, we are, we feel more complete. We feel more in tune with who we are supposed to be or who we're meant to be when we are near water. Um, and there's definitely a longing and something missing when we live inland. Um, and uh, you were, if you could just share a little bit what you were talking about earlier with human design and the different, different, I'm, I was not familiar with that concept. Sure. So like human design, it's like one of the, it's a, it's a sort of new age woo woo um, way of making personal decisions. And in human design, um, there are certain environments that based on your design, you should you are right for you and as you Mm -hmm. live sort of more as you they call live your design as you as you're making the decisions that are right for you you will naturally gravitate to those environments that right are and and it will feel good and you'll feel the same i exist in the market that's my environment so you know i was living in Rhinebeck. Um, didn't feel good, moved to Kingston, you know, a, a city, a, a small one, not in New York City, but I feel better. I, you know, synchronicities start happening. Um, what, what, and, do, what do you define as synchronicity? I just want to, cause I've, I've, I've heard different people express it differently. I want to make sure we're, we're thinking the same thing. Sure. Okay. So, right. It's like, that's a term that probably don't came up. You're really going to do like a psychoanalytic interpretation. It's just yeah. that, you know, we all give certain weight to certain activities uh, or certain some, mm-hmm. certain things that happen, right? Butterflies mm-hmm. or unicorn, whatever. And if I, and I see that mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not like this from a psychoanalytic perspective. It's not that, you know, the universe is speaking to me. It's just that I'm looking, I see these things in my environment because that's where my attention is, right? And right. I'm picking these things out. So 
Um, uh, you know, you could also do the other way, like, oh, the universe is talking to you. But these are like the two different. So, ways of thinking about so it. that's why that's why I wanted to to talk yeah. about it just for a yeah. second, just because I. I came across this concept, I think we talked about it like a couple years ago now, um, with respect to non-duality, right? Like it's, and a lot of these words get used synonymously, um, but through, through Carl Jung and, uh, um, what's interesting is, um, uh, you'll read the, there's an author named Dawson Church, for example, who, who speaks of synchronicities, but more in terms of the universe speaking to you and the energies like aligning and whatnot. So it's really interesting. And I'm not sure if they are the same thing, but there's definitely two different you ways know, to think about it from what I've seen. So. Yeah. And, and you know what? I don't really think it matters. I think it's like, if you have a special meaning for something, right. because of that is important to you and you move to a place where you're seeing all those meanings pop up, right? Exactly. Then who cares, right? You're in the right place. And it doesn't exactly. matter. It doesn't matter. Is it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, we can talk about the source of it, but I don't, I think right. that the end result is like, yeah, that's you right. want to be in a place that's meaningful to you. Like that's, the, right. that's the trick. Is it right? Not the means to the end, but the end in and of, in and of itself, like a, yeah. or a placebo effect. Like who cares how you got there? It doesn't matter. It's, it's serving you. So that's all that really matters. Right. So um, you know, have you, have you ever heard of a concept called the overview effect? I just read about this recently. It's uh, there's a book actually, uh, written about it where it's, uh, the feeling that astronauts have when they go into outer space and, uh, they look down and they see the earth and, uh, it's almost like this dissociative experience of greatness, which also is a sense of awe where it's like, how, how am I this tiny little guy or girl in a space shuttle here? <laughs> and there's like billions of people down there living their lives. And I can like, you know, look at them in between my finger and my thumb from, <laughs> from up here. So it's, it's, it's gotta be an absolutely incredible. I can't even imagine what that might feel like. And I can't even so, imagine. And it's so reorients your, you know, like the place of you and one's ego and like, what is the body? And like, how are we related to, like, you know, they say that right. that's what started the, the, like, um, the, the um, like, like ecology or, or ecological awareness was to look back at earth and see how fragile it is. And, uh-huh. And to see all people, like, it's like, that's our body too. Like it's, right. you know, we just expanded what it means to have a body. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I, you know, and also listen, this is another, I think we could have a whole conversation about this, but like, <laughs> I feel like we, every one of these conversations, we could have like 19 other conversations that come out of the conversation, but I, I, I think, mean, I, absolutely. I, you know, there's this, this idea that, um, I recently started meditating, um, and I, uh, was overwhelmed by it. So I read about these headbands that you can put on your forehead called which are like at home EPG I have devices. one you I do oh use, my gosh I do but it's like it's in my kid's closet and I've never used I bought it like I want to say like a year and a half ago I've never used it I'm like what a waste of money 
<laughs> so I found it really helpful because I should use it. Yeah. I mean, it, you should try it at least. Um, uh, the, the one I use is called Muse. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't even know. I think I read a, or listened to a podcast and someone um, mentioned it and I did some research and this one seemed to be, you know, the, the right mix of price point and, and, and scientific data. So, um, so there's this idea that we can, through meditation and through our own self-control, we can control our brain waves, right? And that we are all vibing and we're in these elevated frequencies and our society, you know, the way we live today, we're in these high beta modes and which is linked to states of, of unwellness, right? I don't want to say the C word, but you know, like it's been linked, attributed to that. And part of calming ourselves, calming our nervous system is getting down into the theta, um, you know, into the lower frequencies. And so there's, to come back to what made me think of this is there's this idea that um, uh, that the earth also, as we know, has certain frequencies, right? I mean, we know the core of the earth is magnetic and um, that we are living in a magnetic field. And as a result, we are all interconnected. And I wonder if, you know, that is part of this pain pleasure dichotomy of awe that we're coming back to it's it's even you're moving into something else of a different vibration yes yes and it's like you need to get in tune with the vibration that's right whatever you're experiencing exactly exactly and then you have this moment where you see something extraordinary feel something ephemeral extraordinary and you're suddenly brought into that frequency you're suddenly yes. expanded or or descended or as, mostly as, sometimes ascended i suppose but into that frequency and it is wow you want more of it <laughs> right because it feels yeah. good and you can't put your finger on what it is and it's so. terrifying you know and that's the thing also that's like you know you can't like the attachment right mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like you can't be like mm-hmm. you can't be attached to this you know, you know every, every moment is new. Every moment, exactly. Every moment is new. Every moment is new. Did you enjoy this week's episode of Monday Marinade with Marinay? If so, join us next week as we explore a new topic in our podcast with the goal to help you kickstart your week, have a better day, and ultimately thrive. Every Monday Marinade is an opportunity to soak up new recipes for your mind so you can unleash your greatness, ignite your fire, and inspire. Till next week.